Good evening, depending on who you're watching us today. I'm delighted to be here today with Carl Condra, who's a longtime member of Park Avenue United Methodist Church. And I'm drinking from my Susanna Wesley cup that I got um, three years ago when I was on the Wesleyan tour with our bishop and some other friends and colleagues from the New York Annual Conference. So Carl, thank you for making time to be here today and tell us a little bit about the cup you're drinking from. Well, thank you for having me. And it's exciting and nervous making to be here. <laughs> and so I am drinking, since it's the Easter season still, and we are an Easter people, I'm drinking from my He Has Risen Indeed cup. And it even has a little heart inside and some water. So He Has Risen Indeed. This was a gift from Julie Klein, oh, wow. with whom I've... Uh, co-taught Sunday school for years and years. And of course, most people who are, uh, are in the Methodist Church or United Methodist Church anyway, uh, at Easter we say, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, alleluia. And we had that fantastic video of so many members that contributed before the Easter service. And I think, isn't that still available to watch on the Facebook? It is our website. I'll double check yeah. that, but I'm pretty sure it is. It, if not, we'll it look is. it up. It is so fantastic that anyone who didn't get to see it should see it. And uh, you'll wish you were in it if you weren't in it. And if you were in it, you, you'll be glad to see yourself again. That's right. That's right. And that's a great story about that cup. Thank God for you and Julie and for teaching Sunday school every Sunday without fail. Um, tell us about that, Carl. When you first came to Park Avenue, and I know you're from the South, from Lubbock, Texas. Is that right? right? So how did you get yourself from Lubbock, Texas, all the way to New York City? Let's start well, there. Okay. Um, I came to New York to be an actor, and, or that was what I thought I wanted to be. And then I learned that that wasn't really what I wanted to be. And, uh, but my whole life, I had um, attended church. My mom, I grew up, actually, the first part of my younger years, I was on a farm outside of a tiny little town called Ropesville, Texas. I showed hogs in 4-H and I did all the farm boy stuff. And of course we were always involved with church. It was the center of our society and of our culture. And um, my mom always played either the piano or the organ at church because it was all volunteer people. So uh, then when, and, uh, when I was in the fourth grade, we moved into Lubbock, Texas, big, big town of Lubbock, and uh, my mom continued to play piano and organ in a smaller United Methodist Church, St. Matthew's, and uh, I continued that still was my Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, and everything else. So I've always gone to church, and I just thought that that's what you do when you move to a new place, you find a church. Mm -hmm. So when I got to New York, I was working at a retail store on, um, on Madison Avenue uh, up near the church. And one day during a lunch break, I was, it was actually the first week, in, first week I arrived. I was walking along on Madison and I could see the banner from Madison uh, down 86th Street. So I walked east and I said, okay, I don't know how to get many places in the city, 
but I know how to get here, so I'll come to this church. And so I arrived that first Sunday. I was greeted warmly. I actually, the first people I really remember were Ann and Gordon Bryant, who you know, and uh, they introduced me around and to lots and lots of other people. And uh, it felt great. It felt perfect. And But I thought, no, I need to check closer to where I'm living and give other churches a chance. I had been to Episcopal churches some, uh, and so I was trying other denominations and every, and, um, but I was always drawn back to Park Avenue United Methodist Church. And so then 31 years later, here I am. You still can't get rid of me. When we won't get rid of you, Carl. You're upset. You are <laughs> I don't know. Let's not put it up for a vote. No, we're not voting. We're not voting. Okay, okay, not. Don't. Although if we did, I think it would be a unanimous yes. <laughs> That's the one thing I'm sure about. Oh, you know, I don't know. But anyway, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Yes, yes. One of the things I'm loving about this Coffee with Kathy is that it's a way of getting to know the members of our church and our friends. And so many people have reported to me how much they have appreciated hearing the stories because we all have stories, right? We all have stories. We've come from somewhere in order to get to where we are now. And it is these stories in my mind that really cement us as a community. And so that's such a great story, uh, very similar to my own in some ways, mm -hmm. but here we are. And I want to just say publicly uh, how much I've appreciated your support of me and the church. You've been on the board of trustees. You were the chair of the board of trustees. <laughs> coffee hour. What else yeah. have you done? Lots of other stuff. Oh, <laughs> I love, I yeah. love being a communion steward. Yes. And yes. that's very important to me. Once again, that came from my grandparents. I can remember going to their little country church and uh, at that time, the communion cups were glass and the sound, we boiled them. My grandmother and grandfather put them in a big, you know, one of those big pressure cooker kind of uh, pots. And I can remember the sound of those cups tinkling against each other and me running around and way, helping with all that. And so uh, the importance of communion has always stuck with me because it was really, and the preparation is, is so wonderful. The, uh, Jill and uh, Jill Gray and uh, Michelle Barton and I are the three who usually do it. Well, they're the two who usually do it and I usually show up. And, uh, <laughs> but we're a good team and uh, we always get to hear a preview of uh, the choir and of Derek's wonderful music while we're sitting up. So I'm really blessed by that activity as well. And teaching Sunday school, of course. Now, I was not going to get involved with church <laughs> when I moved to New York because I, because I had seen my parent, my mom be very involved in my grandparents. And I thought, I, you know, I just don't want to be that involved. But then you see what happens. Yes. Never say never. Yes. And with Sunday school, I didn't teach for uh, the first few years that I was at uh, the church. Um, and then people started noticing that uh, kids like me and I like kids. We seem to respect each other. And uh, different people ask me to come to Sunday school to, just to teach certain lessons. And, and uh, I enjoyed it. The kids seemed to enjoy it. And then slowly it became part of my life. And it's what I refer to as the most important thing that I do with my life. It really is. Because there's just, um, when I was a kid, 
I didn't always have great Sunday school teachers. <laughs> and it didn't always, it wasn't always fun. It wasn't joyful. And it should be joyful and fun. And um, so e even when we were young, when, when I was uh, still in high school and my sister was in college, we taught a Sunday school class together because a small church and they needed teach teachers. So we taught really young ones. And um, so then, you know, it took a while off and then I started again in my adult life and um, really, really enjoy it. I feel like it is a gift that I've been given by God. I hope that it is. I really enjoy looking at the Bible and I'm amazed at how interesting it is. And uh, if I can convey that to the kids, they seem to really respond. I, I like to try to keep it up to date because, you know, we're finding out more and more all the time with archaeology and with more research into the Bible. And um, so it's, it's really exciting and fun. And I hope that that, uh, that, that that goes, is transferred to the kids as well. And it seems to work. It seems like they enjoy the class. And it's so much fun to see them. At first, a Bible is kind of intimidating. And, and it's that way to a lot of people, even in your adult life. Um, but once they learn how to look scripture up and that it's actually fun to find it beyond just using the index and everything, that, that then they really do start enjoying it. And they kind of say, okay, let's get to the Bible. When are we going to get to the Bible? You know, which is a wonderful thing to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Carl... <clears throat> you certainly um, make the case of your passion for the children, for uh, the Bible, for Sunday school, not just to children, but also to the adults, to the church. And, you know, it, it's important in your story, like so many of our stories of growing up in the church and hearing those stories. And okay, so we might have had a teacher or two that wasn't what we thought. But so in order to make a difference out of that experience, here you are teaching. But also why it's so important, the work that you and Julie and Liz and all the teachers. Nora and everybody. These children are going to be adults one day. Yep. And if we want to have a future church, however it's going to look, mm -hmm. We've got to start laying the foundation with our children. And so it's so important, so important that what you're doing with the kids. Yeah, well, thank they you. They love you, Carl. They love you. <laughs> well, I, I hope so. I truly do respect them. Yes. And I think they respect me. They do. And they I think do. we all show up for each other. Yes. And there's do. fun in it. There's yes, fun in it. But there's nothing so... Uh, you mentioned in your faith and, and a life um, story about laughter and things, yeah. the laughter of children, which is wonderful. But another thing that I just so cherish is when the little kids, you know, at the beginning of Sunday school, we all gather as a group, all ages and Liz and um, the other teachers uh, and we're there and we say the Lord's prayer and at first, the little ones don't know the Lord's Prayer. And so then it's really fun because they then catch on. They're looking. We stand in a circle and their mouths start mouthing the words. And then there'll be a word here or there. And uh, then it just, one day it happens. 
And I realize some people have asked me or challenged me, actually, why do you teach them that prayer? Or why do you teach them the doxology? We sing, you know, hallelujah. And I say, well, I realize that they don't know all the mysticism of it at first, but it is community. And none of us know it. it the Lord's Prayer changes for us all the time. Yes. There are times, I mean, you know, a couple of Sundays ago in the, when we were saying the Lord's Prayer, you said, deliver us from evil, deliver us from evil. And you repeated it. And, you know, that catches you off guard because that's not usually, you know, we can just go right through it sometimes. But it's just amazing. And with the doxology and when you see the kids, you've been in Sunday school with us some on the Zoom Sunday yes. schools. <laughs> and see the kids when we ask who wants to lead. Oh. And they do it with such grace and pride and they know what they're doing they know what it means to them at their age appropriate level and then but what what they probably don't know is how much it means to me to us yeah that that there it is they know it by heart in their heart yes they do and you know what we we need that Yes. We need that. And so anyway, that's, a, that's one of the joys of teaching Sunday school is seeing that happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the whole um, idea of church being fun and loving yeah. and, yeah. you know, laughing and being together. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's, that, those are components of what love looks like, right? Yes, absolutely. Joy yes. is so important. Yeah. And I can remember that, uh, and I looked this up, I don't know, <laughs> kids always say, how do you know that? And I say, because I looked it up again. <laughs> sure. John Wesley, there's a famous quote, a sour religion is the devil's religion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I'm feeling sour, I have to remind myself to watch out because you, you're letting the evil one in sometimes. You know, it happens to everybody, I think. Yeah. So, well, I was going to ask you about your optimism, yeah. because you are probably <laughs> one of the most optimistic people that I know, and uh, which is great. It's a great gift. Well, it's a great, great attribute to have. Where does that come from? Besides John Wesley, I'm, I'm <laughs> where does that come from? Well, I really, truly feel blessed. And I really feel chosen by God. But I think everyone is chosen by God, and you get to make that, that um, commitment and, and that sacrifice that, that brings you to the point of joy. That, that just it's, it's part of me. I don't know how not to be that irritating. So not everybody loves my joy. Uh, some, you know, a lot of people are like, I, I don't like that. I don't like people who are so cheery in the morning. Or that kind of thing, you know. And um, so I don't want it to be, people sometimes think it's childish, but it's more childlike because joy is infectious. And um, if you, uh, I think people can dismiss joyful pe people or even optimistic people. I've been asked, what are you so happy about? What have you got to be so happy about? I like that one even more <laughs> because that's really trying to put you in a place, you know, or that's what I think is if they're saying, what have you got to be so happy about? Well, what have I got not to be happy about? 
for one thing, you know, look at life. It is funny. And, <laughs> and I have to think, I have to believe Jesus had to have a sense of humor. Yes. God has a sense of humor. I mean, you cannot get 12 apostles who are following you around with all their expectations of you and then give them the power to heal and all those other things. And, you know, we just, we see that, um, that the difficulties of, of trying to be a good person in kind of a bad world. So, but, so my optimism is, is the core of it, I think, is a belief in God and my faith mm-hmm. in God and the belief that I'm going to be okay mm-hmm. and that, that God loves me and he, he made me this way mm-hmm. and it's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's what I, yeah, I think it's easy to forget that um, joy is the way it was intended and this yeah. other stuff the distractions yes. are, should be the exemptions, right? right? Instead of, you know, and not to say that everything is joyful all the time because no. we, you know, that's not true. And especially in this pandemic, but Absolutely. laughter and, uh, you know, that's why I wrote about laughing oh. at myself the other day oh. in my reflection, because it was like, this is a good sign, Kathy. You're not, you're not so serious all the time, right? right? And being right. a little bit silly and zany is a healthy thing. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm with you. I laugh at myself. Hilarious. <laughs> because, you know, for one thing, if you live alone and, you know, when you can't find any, when you can't find something, uh, there's no one to blame but you. And it's always where you left it. <laughs> you know, That's right. it's, the, yeah. it's and uh, I guess that goes true with your faith, too. Sometimes, you know, it's your own and we all have it. And sometimes we lose it a little bit but it's where we left it and we always know we can come back to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So and it, is, it is difficult during these times. I mean, it is, uh, and you know, we've lost close friends and uh, people are dying and it is serious. And I don't ever want someone to mistake my joy as a lack of respect for the life and you've seen me become overwhelmed by an emotion and um, crying. That's the emotion <laughs> that it would be that where I've had to remove my, or where I've chosen to remove myself because it makes me uncomfortable and I don't want other people to be uncomfortable as well. And so um, it, 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 I think I'm okay. No, you are more than okay. Well, you are more than okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm blessed. Yes. Blessed by all you tolerant people. <laughs> so thank you. So here we are in this pandemic, and we've had to learn so many new things. Oh, my goodness, right? <laughs> we're trying to learn them. We're so. trying to learn it, right? We're trying to learn it, but we're doing it. We're doing yeah. it, right? Because yeah. this is what the hour is calling to us. Right. So what has been the biggest lesson you've learned, either about yourself or technology or <laughs> God? Or <laughs> technology, yes. Um, I, I've learned that I wish I had learned about technology sooner. I just never expected that I would uh, need it this much 
you know, I really am a people person and I prefer to be a people person that is three dimensional, <laughs> not just these two dimensions. Um, so I've learned that I can learn about it. I, I think teaching Sunday school on Zoom is hilarious. It's difficult, um, but I, it, it does work, I hope. Uh, and we are do we are learning that constantly, and certainly providing some laughter for the kids as we try to figure out where we are and who who's muted and all those kind of things. So I guess um, that's the thing that stands out the most is the technology and the importance of it. Mm -hmm. And I think I think we can never go back. I, I think it's really important. Yeah. And um, because and younger people are just accustomed to it yes you know the, a lot of people they are <laughs> no that that and uh, they're that's how they talk to people all the time and we're used to talking on the phone and things so it's very interesting for people uh now younger people especially who say oh i called someone and we had a conversation or you know it's interesting to me because because yeah. that's um uh, they've been missing out on that, but we've been missing out on this. Yes. And so we're learning. Yeah. You mentioned that we can't go back and I totally agree. Yeah. Right. Um, so where do you see the church, capital C, not, not just our church, but where right. do you see the church going? Because right. now our reach is further and broader than ever. Um, but I, you know, sometimes I wonder if we'll be able to form the kinds of bonds of community that we've known from coffee hour and sitting in a class right. together or, or uh, passing the peace, those kinds of things. So where do you think the church is headed? Yeah. You know, I, I agree with you totally. It, 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 it can't stop for one thing. My mom and sister want to see church with us. They want to see you and Isaiah and oh my word, they want to see Derek. My mother hopes that that's how she played the piano all those years. She, she never met a grace note. She didn't love and enjoy you sharing with others and neither has Derek. So we're blessed for all those reasons. And it, and um, other people, you know, we never knew or I never really thought, I never considered how uh, Jill Tataro's mom, uh, Jennifer Jacobs parents, um, all sorts of people are joining in um, that, wouldn't be able to do it otherwise and they're really enjoying it and they're enjoying what we have at park avenue united methodist church and because we're in it we kind of take it for granted i mean we don't really we think this is how church is yes because this is how our church is but um so i think that the technology and being able to reach more people is going to be really important and i hope that we'll be able to move that into the sanctuary once we're back in, um, I think it's important that we do because boy, oh boy, if they think the, the three or four of you guys are doing a good job, wait until they see the whole congregation and everything. Um, it is so different, the, the difference between connections and relationships, you know, however, people make connections and then relationships grow out of those connections. And it's certainly easier to make a meeting Mm -hmm. by zoom then you know getting on the bus coming to the church and you know all those kind of things so it's a lot easier and uh even my mom says she enjoys not having to get all dressed up 
and boy, we had to get dressed up. So. <laughs> and, and for us, you know, we've started these small groups and I know right. you, there are a group of people that you're checking in with on a regular right. basis. And I think there are ways, right? Yes, there, there are. are ways. And in some ways, some of our members are getting to know people that they've only seen, oh. right? And said hello to maybe, but not really had a conversation before. Absolutely. And a lot of people are more comfortable um, being able to zoom in, if that's what it's called, to be able to, to meet um, the, this way than if they had to come to the church and meet. Yeah. And, and it's been very interesting to me. A lot of my friends have, have said how much it means to them to uh, have these Zoom meetings and, um, and with the church and even with work. And we were, it's exhausting to do Zoom, I think, but it, it, but I like it. I'm growing to like it and I accept it. Yes, I find it exhausting when it's all day or when oh, it's yes. six yes. out of eight hours, right? right. It's, it's exhausting, right. but uh, but it's I think it's the way of the future. And for, especially for us where, where our members live in all the boroughs. And as you say, getting to a meeting is much easier to plug right. in way than coming at 6 30 or 7 and for an hour and a half and then having to go back somewhere right. so here we right. are yeah yeah and yeah. also even you know the the grain population because we have members who live in new jersey who are no longer able to come in because it's just too much for them yeah. um once you reach a certain age and and then they have such a hard time finding a church because they're used to our church yes you know and so by having uh, what is it called virtual church i don't know by having it <laughs> streamed through these boxes that yeah. mystify me we uh we can reach people we can keep up with people yes like you i've loved hearing people say you know they're watching they're going to church with their parents or their family or yeah. friends for the first time in years i just think that's wonderful right wonderful. it is and, yeah and we're reaching all over these days, right? right? And no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, Carl, thank you, thank you. Oh, well, thank you very oh, much. Oh gosh, I want to just pray with you, if you don't yes, mind. Please. Oh, yes. please, and I, I'd like to explain, if I can, a lot of people don't understand when they see the kids put their arms like this, yeah. Yeah. but um, a long time ago, uh, in, in the 15th or 16th century, there, the group of monks, who they were a contemplative group of monks who uh, also made bread. And they were looking for a Lenten bread, a way to recognize Lent. And so they made the pretzel and they decided to make it in the shape of how they prayed. Mm -hmm. And they put their, arm, their hands on their shoulders. And if you look, you can see, there it is, kind of the shape <laughs> of a pretzel. All, all the kids, are, a lot of the kids can show you. And then the kids came up with the idea that those three circles can be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost really? as well. So that? That, yes, that's oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Monks did. I don't know. I'm giving it to the kids for <laughs> Park Avenue United Methodist Church because yes. what I had read before was just about the monks. So uh, people who sometimes see that uh, have asked me, why do the kids put their hands like, you know, why are they making this cross, the sign? So, but it's, it's yet another way to pray. There's a lot of ways to pray. Yes. And thank you for praying for me, and I'll hush and let it. <laughs> well, let's, let's pray the pretzels. Okay. Join the kids and the monks. and. <laughs>
Oh my gracious God, we are so grateful. I am so grateful for the gift of Carl in our lives and in the life of our church, for his parents and grandparents and all of those churches that he was part of, for the lessons that were learned early on and that stuck, for how they have taken shape and how they have grown those seeds that were planted. And we see in Carl evidence of what church life can mean, that those seeds that were planted will grow up into strong trees of faith, giving back and serving. Bless him, O oh God, all of his days. Bless him with every good thing and may he never stop laughing. May he never be short of joy, even in the hardest of times. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank, Thank you. you so much. Bless you, I love you. I, I hope there's you. something you can use in here. But anyway, ah! There's joy and there's hallelujah. Yes, amen and amen. God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of Coffee with Kathy. This podcast is brought to you by Park Avenue United Methodist Church. Follow us on social media at PAUMCNYC. You can also support our ministries by donating at PAUMCNYC.org slash give. We hope you've enjoyed this coffee with Kathy. Until next time.